Exodus 20 and verse number 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless, which taketh his name in vain. Father, we bow before you this morning once again, realizing we're helpless and we're hopeless without you. God, we want to say thank you for a good church to come to. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for a place to worship. Most of all, thank you for your presence. God, it would mean nothing this morning. It would be in vain if you didn't show up. And we want to thank you for passing by this morning. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Speak to us and speak through us this morning. God, help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. And may you be glorified. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach on this third commandment. And I want to preach on this subject this morning. On the sacredness of speech in the home. The sacredness of speech in our homes. You see, this third commandment uh, has to do this morning with more than the use of words. But it is the principle to live by. Uh, when you think about this commandment here, it's not just about our speech, but the sacredness of our speech. This commandment teaches us not uh, to use the Lord's name in vain. Uh, it's uh, a tremendous principle that I think we ought to live by. We know that we're not under the Old Testament economy, but these Ten Commandments ought to be, as we said the other day, Ten Commitments in our life. The Bible said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen? And so what comes out of the mouth reveals what's in the heart and ultimately reveals uh, a person's life. So when you come to these commandments here, if you think about the first commandment, it has uh, uh, to do uh, uh, with the Lord's nature. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The second one has to do with uh, with not neglecting. As it says uh, uh, that thou shalt make no graven image. Thou shalt not bow down. Thou shalt not worship those other graven images and false gods of this world. Don't neglect God. Make Him first and foremost uh, a priority in your life and in your home. Amen. And then this third commandment has everything to do with God's name. Amen. And how God's name is used in the home uh, will reveal a lot about the home uh, and about those individuals that live in the home. Now, whether your home is made up of one person or whether it just be a couple or whether it be a family unit with children, it does not matter this morning. It's beneficial to all that we keep the sacredness of speech within our home. Amen. If we guarded our speech in our home like we did at church, on the job, Around others, when the preacher's around, when a deacon's around, it would, might be quite different for some, but it ought not be this morning. When you think about this, uh, the Bible talks about thou shalt not take the Lord's, uh, the name of the Lord thy God in vain. I, I thought about that. How does a person use the, the name of God in vain? Well, one way is uh, uh, by profanity. Amen. Uh, we know that to be swearing and cursing. We know that that is using God's name in vain. I want to stop and say this morning that God's name is not a byword. Can I get an amen right there? 
That's such a, a problem in the homes of America today. Swearing, uh, cursing, perverseness, uh, is uh, using the Lord's name uh, uh, has become in those manners has become the norm in a lot of homes. You might be here and say, "Well, preacher, I don't swear and I don't cuss and and I don't use God's name in vain." No, but if you have a television and you turn it on, uh, you don't have to listen too long. Uh, you say, "Well, I watch the Andy Griffith show, and I, I I can understand that." But but what about the commercials that come on in between? Uh, how they use the God's God's name in such a, a profane way. You say, well, what damage does that do? It affects your own mind, your own mentality. It affects the minds of your children. It affects your marriage. Amen. Uh, constantly hearing God's name used uh, uh, in a wrong fashion, a perverse uh, uh, fashion. Friend, uh, uh, listen, that is wicked. That is evil. And we're living in a society uh, that does not care about the vanity, a profanity uh, that is being used uh, in the homes. Uh, that is taking God's name in vain when we use profanity. Can I get a witness right there? I'll tell you this morning, there are people that even go to church. You'll be surprised the people that go to church that don't think cussing is wrong. Amen. And even preachers, I, I'm sad to say, but I've been around some preachers and, and, and around the dinner table and heard them use the word and, and, they, and they used a profane word. That's a sad commentary, isn't it? And laugh about it afterwards. The sacredness of speech in, in marriage, uh, uh, in our homes. Uh, I want to say this morning that profanity should never be allowed in our homes. Our children ought to never hear God's name damned or used in, in, in an unruly or a perverse way. We should never allow it through the radio waves, the internet, uh, as I said, television, magazines, movies, uh, any of these things. Uh, the damage can almost be irreversible if it becomes consistent in the home. I want to say not only can God's name be used in vain through profanity, but what about passiveness? When you think about this this morning, casually using God's name without weight or meaning. What I mean by that is sometimes uh, uh, we'll uh, use God's name in a way that, that really is not in context that honors Him or pleases Him. Sometimes people will say, oh my God. Or they'll substitute it with, oh my gosh, or oh my goodness, uh, and things, uh, a southern term. Uh, we've probably all been guilty of saying, oh my goodness, amen. But there's that little, uh, there's that little radar, if you're saved, in the back of your mind, that every time you say that, there's that gentle reminder, don't do that. That's replacing God's name. Passiveness. You say, preacher, why is that so important? Because when God's name is used, it ought to perk the ear up of every person within the walls of the home this morning. Now, don't let me kill it. We shout a while ago. Let's shout now. Amen. I'm talking about this morning. It cheapens the character of God when we just throw God's name away, around. We say, well, the Lord this and the Lord that. And I think we ought to use God's name. It ought to be the number one topic of our conversation. The Lord's name ought to come up often if we're saved and, and we're a Christian. But it ought to come in the right context. Amen. It ought to not be. God ought to not get blamed for everything that goes on in life uh, and everything that goes on in the home. Amen. We ought to not say that God said this uh, unless God said it. Amen. We ought to not say well God put this on my heart until we have weighed that out and really sought that out and really know that God put that on our heart. Not, not to be so passive. That is using God's name in vain. The kind of, of way to use God's name in vain is through not only profanity and passiveness but what about pretense this morning? Hypocrisy. Giving a false pretense of God. 
Boy, isn't that a trouble in our home today? When you think about how people live one way, but they say another. You look at people today, they'll go to church and be spiritual on Sunday and talk about God and talk about the Bible and talk about the Lord. And then on Monday, it's like all their religion goes out the window and the name of God is not picked back up again until they need it or until it's church time again. I'll tell you something, our conversation and our dialogue ought to not change when we go home. Amen? Listen, it ought to be spiritual in the home as much as it is in the church. Our children ought to know that's the way mom and dad talks all the time. And a husband ought to know that spiritual wife is going to talk about God in the Bible all the time. I remember sitting in a in a service, or not in a service, but sitting after church one day preaching a revival meeting at a church and me and a pastor went out. Uh, and I knew something was wrong because when we got home, he asked me this question. He said, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the movie. Uh, we were sitting there in the living room. Oh, and the movie was this. He said, he said, do you ever watch that, that series, The Walking Dead or The Living Dead? I don't know what it is. I've never seen it, don't care to see it. But the phrase alone, I said, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And uh, a few minutes later, we was talking about something, and I said something about the Scripture, and I'm not saying that I'm super spiritual, but he made this comment, it stuck in my mind. He said, oh, brother, he said, we'll talk about the Bible later, let's talk about something else. That's a tragedy where a lot of people live. I'm telling you, the Word of God ought to roll from our lips. I'm not saying I get up quoting Scripture in the morning. I definitely don't. Amen. When I get out of the bed in the morning, unless God puts something on my mind, I'll tell you, when I open my eyes and get out of the bed, I, and my wife will testify to this, uh, I don't like to talk the first few minutes. I mean, uh, listen, I, I'll let you figure it out. I had one daughter that, uh, listen, she got out of the bed talking. Amen. And when I'd get up and she was up, I said, don't talk to me right now. And they learned that I don't talk the first few minutes I get up. And what's on my mind is not God, the Bible, and prayer. It's a cup of coffee. <laughs> and I'll drink that coffee, and then I'm, I'm good to go the rest of the day. But you know what? When you think about it, uh, we're living in a time when false pretense. People will post all kinds of ungodly pictures on social media. Wicked things. And then say something about God. That's a false pretense. That's hypocrisy. And the damage uh, that is done is that we're living in a society where the usage of God's name is so dangerous because of what it produces. Listen, uh, if you live a profane life, you'll raise profane children. Amen? If you use God's name in profanity, guess they're going to live a profane life. They may never curse. They may never swear. But they'll live a life of profanity. If you use God's name passively, then it'll never have any weight. It'll never have any uh, real effect in their life. A church will just be something that they do. uh, And when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of their heart, uh, uh, God will just kindly be casual in that altar call as much as He is in our conversation at home. Uh, and listen, but if God's name is used in a false pretense, hypocrisy, that's the kind of home that you'll have. I want to say I've sat down with people enough and I've listened to the lies, the excuses, and the stories to know that I don't listen to that a whole lot. I look at their life. You want to know what people believe? Look at how they live. 
Look at the life they're living. Don't listen to, our words ought to have weight. Don't misunderstand, but I I hope you would look beyond my words this morning. Don't don't just look at the Word of God, of course, but just because I stand up here and say something, that doesn't make it so this morning. If God says it, it makes it so. But if I'm doing the talking, my words, uh, uh, listen, you don't have no no confidence in just what I say without looking at at my life. It's important that we look at how people live. So when someone says, "I, I love God and I'm living for God and I'm right with God, just look at how they're living. If they're not living right, then they may say they're right, but they're not right with God. Uh, they're just fooling themselves. Amen? Now, a lot of people may uh, join in and may, may support what they're saying, but that doesn't make them right with God just because they say so. Amen? It matters how you live. If you don't believe that, think about what Jesus Himself said. Why call you me Lord, Lord? And do not the things that I say. Why do you go around using my name and talking about me and, and saying that, that, that you're right with me and you have a relationship with me, but you don't do the things I say to do? I'll tell you, that's the generation we're facing today. A generation, and it's not their fault. I'll tell you, it's a generation that has not heard the strong preaching that we've heard. They've not seen as many godly examples, although there is. uh, And listen, there are some without any excuse. They've had the heritage and they've heard the preaching. But by the grace of God, I just want to draw a line in the sand here. I don't think it would cost me with you, but it will cost us with others in the day and time we're living in. Uh, We sure don't need to water down the preaching in this hour. We sure don't need to back up on anything. Uh, and we sure don't need to just, you know, uh, listen, cow it down. No, preaching needs to be as strong in 2020 as it was in 1960, friend. Uh, I tell you, and living for God ought to be as clean and ought to be as straight in 2020 as it was in 1960. Because the only hope for this generation coming up, uh, and it may be despised by the world, uh, but friend, they need some men of God uh, that will stand in the gap, uh, that will make up the hedge, uh, that will preach the word of God, whether it be popular, let it be plain, and let it help those who will receive it. Amen. We're gonna, but no false pretense. We ought to live what we preach. Now, I'll tell you this morning, I wish I could live everything I preach, but I don't. I fail God, and, and I, we fall short. We know that, but I want to live it all. I believe today what I believed 32 years ago that was preached to me. Do you still believe what you believe? Had friends change. I've had uh, family members change. Church members have changed. But we're still going the same way, aren't we, this morning? We're still an old-fashioned, independent, fundamental, King James Bible-believing, missionary-minded, amen, worshiping, shouting church. Uh, They can say what they want to, but we're going to stay that way, aren't we? Talking about pretense this morning in the home, the sacredness of speech, how we use God's name. This morning is so important. Now, I want to answer one question and be through this morning. How do we keep the sacredness of speech in our home? How do we keep it in the walls of our home this morning? I don't know about you, but I don't want God's name to be used in vain in my home. I don't want it to be in false pretense. I don't want it to be under passive uh, passiveness. I don't want it sure. I don't want it to be in profanity. So how do we keep that in our home? I want to say, first of all, God's name is to be spoken with respect. Amen. 
Then notice what he said here. Thou shalt not take the name, and notice this, of the Lord thy God. Notice that word Lord is capital letters. And he says again, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless. Again, it's in capital letters. That, that speaks of authority. That speaks of God's position. And I want to say that speaks of a place that ought to be respected. And I'll tell you, if you want to keep the, the name of God, the sacredness of speech in your home, then God's name is to only be spoken with respect. That means this morning that how we do that is we exalt His name in the home. We lift up the name of God. We magnify the name of God. You see, if you, I found this out through years of pastoring. If you want people to lose respect, you don't have to say anything bad. Just don't say anything at all. Is that right? If you want people to respect the pastor, you don't have to worship the pastor, don't praise the pastor, but if you want people to disrespect the pastor or his wife, just never say anything at all. If you want them to not really respect the deacons, then just never say anything respectful about them. You see, when you don't raise the bar, the bar kindly just goes down. If you want your children to respect a husband, if you want them to respect your wife, their mother, then, then, then say things that are respectful. Build that respect in their mind. It doesn't come natural, amen? If you want more respect uh, uh, as uh, uh, for the husband or the, the father of that home, then build that respect. Tell the truth. Don't lie. Don't, don't build a false uh, uh, persona of who they are, but at the same time, uh, uh, point out the things that are respectful about them. Call it to their attention. And the same thing, if it's true about us, uh, it's more so true about God. If we want God's name to, to be uh, sacred in the home, then we've got to exalt that name. Amen. Our children or our spouse ought to hear us magnify the Lord. Amen. You say, well, how do I do that? You get up and say, boy, it sure is a good day that God has blessed us with. Uh, don't that just brighten your morning when somebody says, boy, God has blessed us with a good day today in all the chaos and all the trouble. Don't it just magnify the day that this is the day which the Lord hath made and I will rejoice and be glad. I'm talking about lifting up the name of God gives respect. And sacredness. You know, it's what the world, they want to do just the opposite. The world wants to downgrade God's name. They want to damn God's name. They want to curse God's name. Why? Because they don't want our young people to have any respect for the name of God. I'll tell you, if you want to have respect and the sacredness of, of, of speech in the home, it comes by exalting His name. Respect comes by example. Amen? Lead by example. Our children's never going to do anything that we don't do. We can't preach it to them and then not live it. Amen? It be an example. Be a godly example. Mother, father, say things. As a spouse, uh, we ought to have a desire to be a good example in front of our spouse. Amen. Don't be so casual with, with each other as a couple that, that you don't care. Uh, and you say, well, I just live single and live by myself. Be the example. You say, but nobody's there is to see me at my home. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Uh, be a good example when nobody's around. That's true character. Respect God when nobody is looking. For the Lord is always looking at us. Who we are when no one's around who we really are. You say God's name is to be spoken with respect by exalting Him by example. And then I will say by exclusion. Don't allow anyone or anything in your home that misuses the Lord's name. Amen. You say, well, Brother Grant, that's, that's a pretty strong line. Well, let me ask you this. Let me give you this example. 
If somebody was to come into your home and they was to start using your wife's name profanely, wouldn't you stand up for her? If they was to come in and start blaming your children under false pretense and saying things about them, you wouldn't just sit there and let that go. You'd stand up for them. And if we're willing to stand up for those family members, if we're willing to keep them protected in our home and keep their name and and keep it respectful in the home who they are, we wouldn't let just anybody barge in and misrepresent or misuse uh, the name of a family member. So we shouldn't let the Hollywood, we shouldn't let TV, we shouldn't let magazines, we shouldn't let movies, uh, we shouldn't let music in our home uh, that uses and curses and swears uh, of God's name and drags His name through the filth uh, and the sewer of this world. No, the sacredness of speech in our home comes uh, when we use respect of God's name in the home. And friend, we need a revival of that. We need a revival of respecting the Lord's name. You say, why? Because how we respect His name is how is what we produce in our home. Not only by God's name is to be, is to be spoken with respect, but I want to say secondly, God's name is to be spoken with reason. He said in this verse, he said, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Vanity simply means to have no value whatsoever. It means it doesn't have a purpose. It's to use something with no end to the means of using that. And when it comes to using God's name, there ought to be a reason we use God's name. One reason is that it ought to honor Him. It ought to please Him. Honoring God means that that, that it pays homage. It, it pleases God. And whenever I use God's name, I should think about is what I'm about to say. Is this going to honor God? Is this going to please God? Uh, we ought to be careful not to make jokes about God or about His Son. Can I get a witness on that? Or the Holy Spirit. That should not be a laughing manner because it doesn't honor Him. You say, well, it's not a sinful joke. It may not be filthy. It may not be dirty. But the question is this. In the context that is being used, does it give honor to God? Does it give glory to God? I want to say, when we use God's name, if you say, well, preacher, I don't want to use it in vain. I want to keep the sacredness of speech in the home. Then let His name have a reason when it's being used. That reason ought to be to honor Him. That reason ought to be to help others. You know, just the mention of God's name can help someone. That's what happened this morning. They got to singing, He is really all that matters. I stand in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene. I want to tell you, uh, Nazareth didn't have a good name. Nazareth was not a name that, that was to be magnified. But Jesus had a way of taking the obscurity and taking uh, that which was despised by this world uh, and raising it up out of the dust and out of the ashes. Uh, the cross was something uh, uh, brutal and something that was cruel and was gruesome. But Christ took the cross uh, and raised it up out of the dung hills of this uh, filthiness of this old world uh, and made it an emblem that we sing about, uh, that we rejoice over, that we magnify. Why? Because it is helped us. It has redeemed our soul. I'm telling you this morning when we use God's name, it ought to have the reason of honoring Him and the reason of helping others. Amen. That's why we ought to use His name. We ought to use His name when talking to our spouse because it helps them. When's the last time you talked to your spouse about God? I'm talking about not in a, I'm talking about in a personal relationship. You know, the Lord showed me something this morning. 
Or I was reading my Bible and God so spoke to my heart. That builds faith. I want to tell you, uh, uh, hon, I was praying the other day and God uh, God spoke to me and he, and, he, and he moved in my life in this way. What would that do for your spouse to hear that? I'm going to tell you, in an unstable world, it, pr- it produces stability. Friend, I, I don't know what's going to happen to America. You say, are you concerned about the election? If you're a red-blooded American, you ought to be concerned about it. I don't believe in sticking your head in the sand. And I don't believe in throwing caution to the wind and saying I'm done with it. No, I'm praying much that God in wrath would remember mercy. You think all the hurricanes and uh, that's happening around this world. You study tornadoes and hurricanes. Uh, listen, tornadoes, whirlwinds, uh, uh, they're mentioned 38 times in the Bible. And in every time they're mentioned, they're mentioned in reference to judgment. With the exception of one time, that's when Elijah was taken up. And that could even be a form of judgment because God was taking that prophet away from the people. But they're always mentioned in judgment. This earth, a reason there's hurricanes and tornadoes and all these things, uh, a, a massive na- a natural destruction around this world is because the world is under a curse. That didn't happen before. That didn't happen until the curse came. And the Bible said in Romans chapter 1 that this earth is groaning. It's in a turmoil. And this world is in a turmoil in this hour. But in all of this chaos, sure, I'm concerned about our nation. I'm praying that God will turn the tide of evil and turn the tide of wickedness and show us mercy and not let us have what they say that's coming down the pipe. But if it does come, I want to tell you this morning that my hope is not in this world. My hope is not in a party. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we'll have to do is stand strong and stand tall and to not change course and not back up in these last days. I don't care what the government says. When their law goes against this law, guess what we're going to do? We're going to mind God. Say, preacher, you may go to jail. Well, I may. I may. I don't want to. I do hear they have three meals a day, though. <laughs> Let me do the preaching, whoever's doing the talking. I want to tell you this morning, it's not time to roll over. And I'm going to tell you what people need in this country. They need people with conviction. Amen. You say, what's that got to do with a sermon? We have reason for what we're doing this morning. Brother, we're going to keep on doing what we've always done because it works and it helps. It helps, amen. Preaching the gospel, deliver. That's what we're here. That's why we're here. Now the world can carry on and do what they, they're going to do and say whatever they're going to say. And they can put ever whatever fear they want to put. But we're going to keep on doing it. And what your family, what your spouse needs to see, what your children needs to see. Uh, listen, they need to see a strong uh, a hand that, that we're going to do what we're doing with reason. That helps people, amen. When people take a stand. I want to say God's name is to be spoken with reason because it honors Him and it helps Him. And then it ought to be spoken with reason to hear from Him. You know, God's name in the home ought to be used in light of prayer. That's why you can't afford to let a television show in your home that curses God every other breath. You can't watch 45 minutes of that or an hour of that or whatever that time frame is and then go... Get in a place of prayer and God use, God use God's name in a holy manner. I preach more on the television in the last three weeks than I have in probably three years, but hey, I'm going to keep on preaching on it. 
I was praying years ago. I remember being in a service, and um, I don't know if I should tell that or not. Y'all help me pray about that. People used to preach against the TV. It's become a silent issue today, hasn't it? With so much filth. You can't raise godly children. You can't set them there for hours and let them watch them curse God and swear and use God's name. Then have a family altar. No, there'll be no family altar. The world will indoctrinate them. No wonder they'll see nothing wrong with homosexuality. Sodomy. No wonder they'll say, I don't see anything wrong with with, with living this life that's been pumped into them. You say, I didn't teach them that. No, there was... Someone else training them. I'll tell you what you do if you don't believe me this morning. Don't get offended. But if even if you're offended, go home and try it. Turn your television off for 30 days. Turn your radio on. Put some good gospel music. Walk down the hallway of your house and hear amazing grace. Coming down the hallway greeting you. Walk in the door and hear sweet iron prayer. I'll tell you what it'll do. You say, well, I really struggle with family altar. You won't struggle near as much if you turn the TV off. Turn that radio on. You hear some good preaching. I'll tell you what, you'll, you'll want to read your Bible. What you got to do is get the devil out and get God in. Amen. Whoever's name is being glorified, whoever's name is being honored, whatever name, whatever reason is going on in that home, that's who dominates that home. And I'll tell you, when you turn that off and you, and you turn the right things on, I'll tell you what will happen. You get your children or you get your spouse. You say, I don't have any children. Get your wife by the head and listen, take your Bible out and begin to talk about the Word of God. I'll tell you what will happen. The same Holy Ghost that shows up at church on Sunday morning, He'll walk through the door your house. He'll sit down in your living room and the God of church will be the God of the home and it'll be real. Hallelujah. I tell you, we got to get that back in our churches today. The reason the church had power in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, not to say it don't today, but the reason it was more prominent then was because the home was more holy. God was being honored. The sacredness of speech was there. His name was being spoken with reason. Amen. Hear from God, don't you? So many things to pray about. In the Bible, you ought to teach your children to pray in Jesus' name. Isn't that right? In that name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The sacredness of speech comes uh, when God's name is to be spoken uh, this morning with uh, with respect, when it's to be spoken with results, and then I'll, or with uh, should I say this morning with reason, but then when it's to be spoken with reality. Speak God's name with reality. I ask you the question this morning: If you was to go home and not change anything in your home right now, and was to use God's name. Would it be real to those that you're living with? You see, this morning you may need to make a trip to this altar. Get down here and clean some things up in your life and then go home and clean some things out of your home. Set your wife down or set your husband down or set your children down, whoever it be, and say, now listen, honesty is always the best policy. Can I get a witness on that? 
When you're wrong, you're just, we're just wrong, aren't we? But when we repent, things move forward. I'll tell you that I've sat down with people who would never repent. They're still stuck where they were at then. But when you just come clean and you just come honest with God, things get real. Sit them down and just say to them, you know, I've not really been the, the husband, the father, the wife, the mother. Some young people, we could have revival. Shock your parents. Give them the shock of their life and go and say, you know what? I've not really been obeying y'all like I should. Amen. Make sure you got some, uh, you know, make sure you got, make sure you got some oxygen for them, okay? I've not really been, I've not really been the teenager in my home I should have been. The message got a hold of me. Family, uh, family table time around the table. Use it as time to reflect back on the, the message and say, you know, God spoke to me today and I, I got right with God on the altar and I just want to get right with the family this morning. What would that do for the home? The reality of it. Just being honest. You know, there's times I, I failed as a husband. I just tell my wife, I'm sorry. It helps heal a lot of things, don't it? Times I failed as a parent, I'd set my kids down and say, you know what, I, I, was, I was wrong in that, I'm sorry. People are a lot more forgiven when you're honest. It's real. It shows them that we all fail, we all make mistakes. And when God's name is used in the home, it ought to be spoken with reality. They ought, the people that we're talking to, listen, ought to have confidence in what we're saying about God. When we say the Lord spoke to us, there ought to be no question, no doubt in their mind that, that God no doubt spoke. And you say, preacher, have you ever missed it? Sure I have. But it's not been because I wanted to. It was just out of ignorance. Amen. I really thought God was speaking to me about this. And I found out later that, that it wasn't the Lord. But, but those are few times, amen, if we're open to God and we're honest in, in who we are. But the reality of God comes by the way we live when we're at home. That's why it's important. Don't ever start something with your children that you got to stop later. Amen. The dress standard that they had growing up, which is the Bible standard, we started it from the time they were born. You say, why? Because I wasn't stopping it when they turned four and five. Boy, I hit a major root right there. I'm talking about principles. I'm talking about values. I'm talking about convictions. You say, why is that such a big deal? Why does all that stuff matter? Because it all matters about one thing, keeping God real. God's name is used in the home. Every ear ought to hear that that's from God this morning. And I'll close with this thought. We keep the reality of God in home by, by pleasing Him. You know, I've said a lot about couples, but I'll say this about children. You want them to use, you want to keep the sacredness of speech in your home. When your children from zero to six, make sure your children have plenty of music that exalts the name of God. Help your children to make little banners and things about the name of God. Teach them to write about the names of God and knows the name of God. Teach them to pray, as I said, in Jesus' name. Make early vows in your homes that you'll never use God's name and misrepresent God's name or Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit. From 7 to 12, teach your children the different names of God, what they mean. Continue with that same type of music. It honors and pleases God. Don't let them listen to contemporary songs that 
say all the right things, but never talk about God. Never define Christianity in Jesus Christ. 13, and on, be careful not to joke, as I've said about God, with your children. Do not use God's name in a light manner. Make sure when you use the name of God, the sacredness of speech, that it has weight to it. Keep His name holy before them. And teach them to be bold in their witness for God. Teach them not to be ashamed about using the Lord's name. And when they're around, I, I was... I was sitting, I had to go get a haircut the other day, not not to the to my barber. I hate that when it happens. Because nobody on earth can cut a flat top like the barber that I use. And I was just sitting there in a chair and this guy started cutting my hair and immediately he, he did something that let me know I'm getting a terrible haircut. But it's hair, it grows back, right? At least for some of us. It's gonna. I, it's all gonna be gone one day anyway. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I'm getting a terrible haircut, but oh well. I'm glad I'm not a woman. Amen. But he's he's cutting my hair and and, and he's using a pair of scissors and a, and clippers at the same time. I'm like this is terrible. And he even made a mistake at one time and he cursed. A few minutes later, where he's talking, and he was a Marine. He's telling me about being a Marine, and and uh, I got out of the, the the army. I thanked him for his service, and and then a few minutes later, he, he said another curse word. And I knew this was coming. I was just waiting for it. He said, "What do you do for a living?" <laughs> I always say the same thing. I said, "I pastor a Baptist church." And when I said that, he said, "Oh my, it, hey, I appreciated this." Oh my goodness, he said. I'm so, I'm so sorry that I said those words. I said, it's all right. And you know what? We started talking about God and religion and all that other kind of stuff right after that. But I want to tell you this morning, the use of God's name ought to be sacred. Just the mention of His name can change your children's life. Them walking down the hallway and hearing you behind a closed door calling their name out to His name can make a great difference this morning as we stand.